Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Attorney, advocate, author, public speaker, The Lisa Wexler Show, WICC 600. Flip that switch and turn on your brain. Here is Lisa Wexler. Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show. I'm very excited. In just a few minutes, we're going to be chatting with Lucy Arnez, daughter of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnez. And we're going to talk about this treasure trove of podcasts that she apparently has had in her own possession as part of family lore for so many years. She dug them out, and we're going to hear all about the process at 1115. Joining us as well, her dear friend, my dear friend, David Friedman. It's so good to have dear friends in common. That's how this kind of thing happened. Lucy um, used to be in our neighborhood. She used to live in Weston for many years. She lived in Katona as well, and now she's back on the West Coast where she grew up, and we'll ask her about that too. So I'm very excited about it. Some of you have already been emailing me with questions that you would like me to ask Lucy, which is fine. You can send me an email at lisa at lisawexler.com. If I get it in time and we have time, I will ask those questions on your behalf. 203-333-9422 is our number. All right, let's go to some of the headlines. The big headline, of course, is the national one that the FDA has given approval to the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, I don't know when the Moderna approval will be granted. I don't know about the other ones that you might have taken. You might have taken the J&J. Now, these have been approved, but they were approved under emergency approval status. Now, Pfizer has reached the point where the FDA is comfortable that it looked at so many other masses of data that they can say that, yes, the vaccine is effective. Of course, we know that it's effective because before so many people took it, uh, COVID was far worse. And unfortunately, because we didn't get everybody to take it, the reality is that COVID has become on the march with the Delta variant coming originally from India, making its way through the UK and Europe and Asia into our country. And with a tremendous amount of speed and virulence, putting an awful lot of people in the hospital, young and old. So it's not gone yet, COVID. It's not. And we're in the middle of a yet another mask uh, drama. Uh, In fact, Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida said that schools could not force people to wear masks, and the city of Tallahassee, uh, which is the capital of Florida, decided to set its own rules and say, despite what the governor said, in the schools you're going to have to wear masks. So people are defying the orders of governors that they think are not in the best interests of their own community. 203-333-9422. 
listen, in case I forget to tell you this, it's the final week to sign up for the WICT 600 Spectre Eye Care Greatest Bluefish Tournament on Earth. Uh, this is the 39th tournament. Uh, I was right pre-COVID. I had uh, a great time being at the tournament and doing a live broadcast on WICC from that day. It is, it's got a grand prize of $25,000, and anybody can win it, even someone as young as 11 years old. It doesn't really matter because it's all about who catches the biggest fish. And age is not a requirement to win this kind of money. There's $40,000 in prizes in total. And uh, whoever catches the heaviest bluefish in Long Island Sound the last weekend in August will win the top prize of $25,000. But even if you're second or third, you get big money. Uh, and it can be anyone. In fact, one year it was an 11-year-old who won. You can go on WICC600.com, look up the link for the Bluefish Tournament, and that's how you sign on. It's easy-peasy. And we want as many people as possible to participate. It's also a lot of fun. And so this is the last week. So today is Monday. I'll be announcing this every single day in case you've forgotten. But if you're a fisherman, fisher person, um, and I have a feeling the sound is going to be full of something, right? It's going to be high. There's a lot of stuff going on in that water right now. They're churning like mad. And we've had the, wa- the hottest July on record. Um, pardon me, did I say hottest? Yes, hottest, but also wettest. Hottest and wettest at the same time, which is really interesting. Hottest July on the planet, wettest July here in Connecticut on record. So lots of water in the water. The greatest bluefish tournament is yours for the taking. You just have to catch the big fish. 25 grand's a lot of money. 203-333-9422. That would look pretty good in your bank account now, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that look pretty great? So speaking of the climate, did you see over the weekend the extraordinary news that in Greenland it rained for the first time? Did you see that? Top story. <laughs> it happened on Saturday. Listen to the headline. It rained at the summit of Greenland. That's never happened before. Never happened before. The showers are, quote, another troubling sign of a changing Arctic, which is warming faster than any other region on Earth. On Saturday, at the frigid high point of the Greenland ice sheet, two miles in the sky and more than 500 miles above the Arctic Circle, it rained for the first time. The rain was described not as a few drops or a drizzle, but a stream of rain for several hours as temperatures rose slightly above freezing. Marco Tedesco, a researcher, said it's incredible because it does write a new chapter in the book of Greenland. This is really new. Remember, Iceland is not that cold, and Greenland is the coldest of all. So it sounds like Greenland, which is incidentally owned by Denmark. Anyway, part of it. Um, Greenland is not green, and Iceland is not icy. Uh, Iceland is, in other words, Iceland is not colder than Greenland. Greenland is the coldest, some of the coldest land mass on Earth. The station is called Summit. It's occupied year-round under the auspices of the American National Science Foundation. There is no record of rain since observations began back in the 1980s. Computer simulations show no evidence that goes back even further. Even above freezing conditions at Summit are rare. Before this century, ice cores showed that in the past 2,000 years, It had been above freezing only six times. But now, both in 2012 
2019 and this year, 2021, we've had above freezing temperatures in Greenland. You listening? So six times in the last 2,000 years, but three times in the last 10. The Greenland ice sheet, which is up to two miles thick and covers about 650,000 square miles, has been losing more ice and contributing more to sea level rise in recent decades because the Earth is warming as a result of human-caused emissions of carbon dioxide and other heat-trapping gases. So, and you can look at pictures. You can see the meltwater carved a canal into the Greenland ice sheet in 2019. Never happened before. Anyway, the bottom line is that it rained for the very first time in this summit in Greenland. And if you look at the big picture and you look at the warming of the planet, what's happening is the ice sheets are melting. So think about when you have ice and it melts. The water levels are rising. When the water levels rise, they move further into coasts and onto coasts and change coastlines. And we also have, as a result of our human nature and our human wanting to live close to these coastlines, we have prospects of a lot more flooding of neighborhoods and people and building because we as human beings have always been attracted to living near the water. The water is sustenance for us. We, if you look at the great cities in America and around the world, they're always at ports. They begin with ports and rivers and lakes and oceans. And that's what we do. And everything is rising. And this is our fault. And we're going to have to live with the consequences. And maybe it won't be you and me, but it will for sure be our children and our grandchildren. 203-333-9422. We're going to be right back. I have been looking forward to this conversation for a long time. The great actress, the Tony Award-winning, fabulous actress with the most beautiful legs on Broadway, Lucy Arnaz is going to be joining us, not to talk about herself and her career this time. Uh, This time we're going to talk about her mom, Lucille Ball's extraordinary interviews with everybody that she knew and everybody that mattered in the 20th century in America. Stay tuned. Here's what people are saying about Lisa Wexler. Fantastic show. Love your comments and how you're so nice to people. Back to the Lisa Wexler Show on Southern Connecticut's news and information leader, WICC 600. Well, they're not exactly this month's bills. No, they're not last month's either. Oh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'm a dipper from way back. They used to call me the big dipper. Oh, Ricky, look. That could be the most famous TV theme in history. Joining us right now uh, is uh, a a dear, amazing human being, an extraordinary actress and dancer herself, and someone who we all have to be grateful for, for unearthing this unbelievable treasure trove of her mother's interviews with some of the most famous and interesting, talented, and accomplished people in the 20th century. Lucy Arnaz joins us now, as well as our dear mutual friend, David Friedman, composer, who's also on the line and wanted to say hi. Lucy and David, hi, and welcome to the show. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Lucy. Good morning. (laughs) Hi, David. It's so nice to see you across the airwaves. Yes. I'm so I'm so happy you're both here. And Lucy, it's been a long time. I'm so thankful for you coming on the show. Thank, Thank you. you. <clears throat> it's a pleasure to talk to you again, Lisa. This is a fun thing to be talking about. 
It is so amazing when I read about this. So, of course, I, uh, I've been listening on Sirius. I can't get enough of them. Uh, Lucy, uh-huh. you have to tell me, like, how it was that they came to be now for us to hear. Where were they all these years, and how did you know about them? Tell me about that. I've known I've had them since my mother passed away in 1989. Uh, I found a big box of reel-to-reel tapes among her archives and things in garage. And, you know, it's been over 30 years, and we have moved these archives several times. They've gone various places for storage, and I've culled through things uh, already like a dozen times to get rid of, to sell at auction, to put on a special. They're in a museum. They're in my garage. They're with my children. They're whatever it was that needed to be done at the time. But each time I would look at this box of let's talk to lucy radio shows and i thought well what is it's real to reels and they're from the 60s what do i do with this what are you going to make an album you know and there was no platform for years Mm -hmm. and then i guess i could have put them out 10 years when did podcast and streaming start you know not that long ago not that long um, ago no and i was busy with my own career and my own work and everything but covid had me wearing a different hat Uh, Because I couldn't do shows. I couldn't do my concerts. I was home cleaning, cooking, taking care of my husband and my grandchild. And I thought, all right, well, you know, I'm going to put the Desilu 2 estate hat back on and try to clean up some business that I have been postponing. And part of what happened was we got asked to do a documentary on Lucy and Desi. um, And I thought, why do we need to do that? I already did one. In 1993. Won an Emmy. You don't need to do another one. That's right. But it was was Ron Howard's company, and Amy Poehler is directing, and they had some very deep and wonderfully compassionate ideas about what to do. And they asked me to open up all the archives. Well, was that Joe Constantino? Was it Hmm? Joe Constantino, the late Joe Constantino, who did the first one? Yes. Joe. Yes. Joe. uh, The Constantinos. And Sandra. Yeah. Sandra and Joe Constantino and Steve, we all did the first documentary, yes. Thank you for remembering that. Um, yeah. But anyway, they asked to see a lot of the things in the archives, and part of what came up in a list is, what is the Lu- Let's Talk to Lucy show? And I said, oh, you know, it's this old show from 64. And I, I'm not even really sure. So I did a little digging, and I said, is there a list, you know, of what's, what's on those shows? Who would she talk to? I can't remember. I was 12 at the time, so who's going to know, right? And then you see the list they send you. Let's talk to Lucy, 64, 65. And it's Danny Kay, Bing Crosby, Dean Martin, Red Skelton, Vivian Vance, Carol Channing, Barbara Streisand, Carol Burnett, Hedda Hopper, Gail Gordon, Steve Allen, Frank Sinatra, Eva Marie Saint, uh, Robert Stack, uh, I need to go on. 240 episodes of some of the biggest names ever of the era ever. and still today. Plus. Yeah. People that you never, ever heard of, like a guy who ran the school system and is talking about school dropouts, or people who were famous, but most people don't really remember them today, like High Gardner, who wrote the column for the New York uh, papers. And people don't remember who Edith Head was, the great designer for all the oh, I do. Oh, big yeah. movies. Yeah. And, and she talks to all these people, and they're little 10-minute talks, but sometimes she keeps the people for like three shows. Mm-hmm. And they don't talk primarily about show business they talk about heart issues i don't mean like does your heart you know stop did you have a heart attack (laughs) i mean heart like you know matters of the heart and matters of 
raising families and, um, you know, where do you want a vacation and what's your backyard look like? And, you know, it's crazy, interesting stuff about people of the day. And, and you really get to, to know these people in a way that you don't generally, you know, on, in other venues. So it was thrilling. And I made a couple calls. What do I do with this? And I got in touch with this wonderful woman named Judy Pastore, who deals with a lot of audio and mostly comedians and things like that and their archives. But when she heard what this was, she immediately put us in touch with SiriusXM because she said, I think this is where it should live. It should have its own yeah. little podcasty thing there. And, and they immediately gave uh, my mom a pop-up channel, which is what it is now. It's three weeks, 24-7, all day long of these shows. You could turn it on right now. She'll be talking to somebody. Oh, and it's fantastic. After- it's Channel 104. It's channel 104. 104. Everybody needs to know. It's and amazing. Then after that, it will be available as downloadable podcasts for a while. And that'll be fun because then people can sort of decide what they want to listen to and when. And we have a lot more archive material. Now that I know that I can do things with audio, there, it opens up a whole other world. And I'm having a lot of fun curating it and, and, and researching it, doing the history behind it. It's really, It's been really great. We're chatting with Lucy Arnaz, and David Friedman is with us as well. Lucy, this morning I heard your mother talk to Robert Mitchum and ask him, this is what she asked him, so what kind of dresses do you like your wife to wear? There you go. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Who else is going to ask Robert Mitchum that, you know? I just love that. Robert Mitchum is one of the missing episodes, too. There's like a two Robert Mitchum episode, it says, on my list, and yet we only have one of them. So somebody out there in radio world (laughs) finds that other Robert Mitchum episode. Send it to us, will you? When she's talking to Julie Newmar, she says, Uh so what's what's it like for you to be tall? My daughter's had some problems being tall. (laughs) And she said yesterday, she was talking to somebody, I can't even remember now who it was, but she said, oh, yes, my daughter, my, oh, Clint, oh, Clint Walker, who's like six foot eight, you know, he's crazy big. And she said, well, my daughter is taller than me, uh, because he said he had a twin sister who was like two feet shorter than he was. And she said, well, I'm only five, six and a half, which my whole life, my mother told me she was five, seven and a half. And now I hear her say that she was only five, six and a half. She might have shrunk. I don't know. Is it? No, you should tell me later. So she was just like, I don't know what she was saying. But it's really funny because I'm learning things, too. I go, I'll be in my kitchen cooking, listening to this, and all of a sudden Larry will hear me go, what? Mom? Right. Very interesting is that, you know, knowing you as a friend, when you grew up, these people were your next-door neighbors and came over to the house, and they were regular people to you. And it's so wonderful that the public gets a chance to hear those personal conversations about not their stardom but who they were. Yeah. Well, some of them did, David, and some of them. I mean, I knew some of them in passing, but still, lots and lots of people here who, you know, I knew of from having Broadway cast albums like Tammy Grimes and, you know, mm. Carol Burnett, I didn't know when I was 12. I mean, I met her much later, and I didn't meet Frank Sinatra till I was, you know, in my 20s. So I didn't know any of these people really well. I knew Hedda Hopper because she lived around the corner, and she used to, she literally used to stop by on her walks with her little dog practically every other day. So she really was a family friend and the people who worked on the show. But um, it's a cavalcade, a treasure trove, as you said, of, of this amazing um, – entertainment history and you just get to be a fly on the wall listening to these these people talk it's 
kind of amazing. And then, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but we've started to filter in these other talks now uh, throughout them. I wanted to call up people of today's world, the, the stars of today, and thought it would be fun to have mom ask them some of the same questions. So we oh. made a big database of a lot of the questions that mom had asked. And you call up Bette Midler and say, you know, Bette, I want, is it okay if she asks you some questions? And then my mother's voice is saying the same thing, you know, and asking Bette, and Bette is answering now. So we have a whole uh, database of those, and we got some amazing people. I don't think the only person that said no was the, was the guy who plays Little Ricky on I Love Lucy, Keith Thibodeau. Don't ask me why he didn't want to do this, but he oh, didn't. But the people who said yes were people like Bette and Barbara Streisand and Rosie O'Donnell and Tiffany Haddish and Rex Reed and Amy Poehler and Nicole Kidman and, you know, Wayne wow. Newton and Randy Rainbow and <laughs> 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 some amazing people. Kathy Lee Gifford and yeah. uh, Carol Burnett, it's, Seth Rudetsky, you what, know, wonderful. What's so great, what's so great is your mother's confidence as an interviewer. You know, it she's comes right through. She's really good at it. She's good at it. She doesn't yeah. make... She doesn't make any apologies for what she's going to no. ask someone. Everything no. is asked with curiosity. And then she imposes her own values because, you know, like with Debbie Reynolds, yeah. they spend quite a few minutes bemoaning the state of parenting, for example. Yeah. You know, well, how parenting isn't what it used it's to be. It's very funny to hear them. Yeah. I guess it's every generation, too. That's what you learn from listening right. to this. You go, isn't this funny? Yes. Isn't this hilarious that... They're talking about the Beatles music and how they can't, they have to put earplugs in because they can't stand the loud noise. And when is this crazy music going to stop? <laughs> the Fantastic. Beatles, you know, really? I'd kill for just Beatles music today. You know? I, uh, you know, uh, I read Arnaz, a quote I, once that it ahead. said that there's no place for young artists to try out material, and that's the problem. And it was said by Beethoven. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, that's what we love. If you love history and you love show business, there's nothing better than dipping back into time, you know, with some little talks like this. They're just the most fun ever. And they asked me to be the voice wrap around, you know, hi, this is Lucy. You're Mm -hmm. listening to them. And it's fun to do, too. It's really fun to be a part of. Listen, look who I'm telling. It's fun to be a part of radio. I really enjoy the process. I think listening, just using your audio senses you know it's kind of a fabulous thing the whole visual is taken away you're not distracted by any of that you can you can take it with you too which is great Mm -hmm. a couple of airpods in your ears and you can do your whole house laundry while you listen you know fantastic it is fantastic lucy i have some questions from the audience we have keith from the bay area from the bay area from you know from cat from the west coast what is Uh your reaction when you hear your mother's description of your home life and early teen years at the time of this show, did she have a good take on what you and Desi were actually like at the time? Not at all. <laughs> she was clueless. No, you know, she was typical mom of the times. There was always a problem. Oh, we don't know what to do with these teenagers. And, oh, Lucy's not in. The funniest, the funniest line ever was, I just don't know what to do with her. She insists on washing her hair in the shower. Are you kidding, right? No. Where would you, where were you supposed to wash it at the beauty salon once a week on Saturday mornings? No. Yes, yes, Lisa. <laughs> yes. And my mother <laughs> went to the that. trouble. She went to the trouble of putting in a beauty parlor sink in our laundry room and had a chair, mm. you know, and a, bo- a bowl. And she was a frustrated hairdresser, and she always wanted to wash my hair in the laundry room. 
So she made up this thing about how you're not allowed. You shouldn't wash your hair in the, in the shower. It's terrible. You can't do that. Oh it's it's bad for the drain. And it probably was, oh you know, because I had long hair at the time. <laughs> I just... That's hilarious. She also used to tell me when I was growing up that I couldn't wear tennis shoes without socks, that it was like a, a, a federal offense. You know, I couldn't do that. So I, I laugh when I hear them. I really do. And she's talk, she's, and, and she'll ask people about things, and, and I know it's her trying to figure out, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> you know, she's like mm-hmm. asking the other moms, well, how do, you, how do you get them to respect you? How do you get your kids to sit down and listen? And people like Jeannie Martin, Dean Martin's wife, you know, she's so sweet. She said, well, Lucy, I, it, I don't know. Um, I just, you know, I spend time with them. I try to spend about 10 minutes with each one of our kids every day, just us. You know, sometimes I just sit down with them when they're reading a book. And I know my mother was just freaking out, like, what? Do what? (laughs) Who has the time? (laughs) I know, because she was so busy. She was so incredibly busy all the time. And, you know, it's it's fun. Everybody says, oh, isn't it wonderful to be able to hear your mother's voice? I said, oh, honey, she's never gone away. You know, (laughs) it's there everywhere all the time. Partly my fault because we keep, you know, celebrating in various ways. What's fun is when she's in the middle of saying something on a tape, and my grandmother will walk in. I saw that. Didi. Didi. I was going to ask you about Didi. would walk Didi. in in the yes. background and start talking. That's when my heart goes a flutter. I go, oh, because yes. I don't have tape on my grandma. And I love right. listening to her voice. And she's, there's, it's lost. Like most people's families will be lost, you know. Mm-hmm. I keep asking people, why don't you put your, your family on tape? Just put them on tape. It doesn't, doesn't have to be a video. It could be just video. an audio because right. you're going to miss that voice someday, and you really you know, need I to have my it. My father's answering machine message. Right? I mean, See, look, you're even that doing voice. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't yeah, have as much true. as my dad, you know, like wonderful little just off-the-cuff kind of speaky things like that. So it's a very valuable process, I think, to sit and listen to your, your parents' opinions of a certain time. All well-meant, you know. She was always trying to figure stuff out, and she really enjoyed asking questions and to really asking did. people specific things and trying to compare, what am I doing with what you're doing? Am I doing it right? You know, um, um, do, I, do you feel guilty about working uh, with your kids? Uh, you know, stuff like that. It's, was, it's interesting to me. I, and I, obviously, it's been very interesting to other people, which is thrilling. I love that. It's a bit of a time capsule. We're chatting with Lucy Arnaz and David Friedman. I just heard a three-parter of your mom, Lucille Ball, with Arlene Dahl. Mm-hmm. And she was interviewing Arlene about a book that Arlene wrote about being feminine. And Arlene mm-hmm. is giving lessons about how to be feminine for a man. An awful lot of your mother's conversation is about the difference between men and women and yeah. how to keep being alluring and how to be attractive mm-hmm. and how to mm. be desirable. Um, it's a time warp, for, isn't it? It's a time warp, yeah. But, I mean, we're but, you know, there. But it's honest. It's, exactly, it's honest, Lucy. We're always going to hap- be there. Of course. It's That's still happening. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's still happening, yeah. but it is kind of odd when it, it is the time warp part of it was this is a cusp kind of era, you know, the mid-60s. Yes. We were right on the cusp of a lot of stuff happening. Feminine Mystique was coming out, and um, but also songs are being written, David, right? Like, hey, little girl, comb oh, your God, hair, fix your makeup. Right. You know, <laughs> you got to look good. You got to look good for the guy. And, and Hal yeah. King, her makeup man, she did like six segments with Hal King. And they're fascinating segments about makeup and health, and health face care and keep keeping your skin clean and wonderfully you know, 
important things to know, but it's also about how you mustn't, you're, you mustn't come down to breakfast with your hair in curlers Oops. and you know, cream on your face. You mustn't do that. Your husband is dressed. He's showered. Hal's talking. He goes, your husband has already been showered, and he is dressed. He's shaven, and he is wearing his suit. He's off to the – and you mustn't come to the table with – you must at least have a clean face, a little tiny bit of mascara, a little light lipstick, not dark, a little – perhaps a peach shade and a tiny bit of rouge best to use the cream rouge it looks more refreshing in the morning don't send him off with your hair still in curlers you may not see him again right it's the whole song it's hilarious that's the and opening now, of Mrs. Maisel, right? Opening now we of Mrs. go, your Maisel, alarm went off, on. get up, I'm not making breakfast yeah. that's it that's it right and it's not a problem to not come down in curlers or whatever because I don't wear curlers or whatever. That no, forget about it. Short. I don't have it. I don't it. have to come down in curlers. Right. Right. Wow. Right. Wow. All right. Let me see. I got more. I'm more questions for you. All right. One question is: Where were these done? Were any of them done in your home? Yeah, plenty. A lot of them were done uh, in a little studio uh, room over at Desi Lou in between shows that she was taping. Or she did some at home. She did some in Palm Springs, in our house in Palm Springs, when she would meet people down here. She'd take it and go to people's studios while they were making a movie. They're all over the place. She goes, she goes all over, wherever she needs to go, wherever she's met the people, and whatever is most convenient to her guests, I thought. you know. How big was the tape recorder? You know, David, it was one of those old... Tell me what they were called, those reel-to-reels like Wallenstocker Wallen or something. Sack. yeah. yeah Wallenstack, Wallen thank yeah. you. It was like one of those uh, yeah. big square things with a lid, yeah. reel-to-reel, and she had a couple microphones, real professional microphones she'd stick out. But she would schlep it all herself, no technician. She didn't have a technician really? or anything. And these tapes are incredible. They're in such good shape. You can't believe the it. The sound is unbelievable. That's we what I do, wanted to tell you, Lucy. We didn't have the to sound clean up anything. Incredible. The only thing, the only thing that they had to take out, which is to a songwriter kills you, right, David? They took out Cy Coleman's Hey Look Me Over song, Why? which was her theme song. Like you said, this is the most yeah. popular theme song when you right. read, did the I Love Lucy theme, but they didn't use that. They used Hey Look Me Over, which really was the theme song that was played for my mother uh, for the rest of her life, much more often than I Love Lucy, believe it or not, because from Wildcat. Oh. And um, her band on the show had done a wonderful Dixieland arrangement. It probably was Marl Young who did the arrangement. And it was like... It was a fabulous arrangement. But I have a feeling that Sirius XM checked it out and maybe the Cy Coleman estate said, that will be $4 million, please. Yeah, that's usually what it is, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they went to a, a generic music library bunch of tunes, which I think they just picked the best. It's such cute music, isn't it, what they chose to put in and out of it? It's very happy. It's very Lucy-like. It's really yeah. cute. Yeah. So, okay, I've got more questions for you. We're chatting yeah. with Lucy Arnaz and David Friedman. One listener wants to know, will there be a streaming service that offers all of the I Love Lucy shows, basically all Lucy, including the shows you and your brother are in? I love you and your family. I wish I worked at Desilu. <laughs> I wish there was still a Desilu to work at. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, um, we own some of them. We own the Here's Lucy show, so we can control what happens to that. And it does get syndicated, and it is syndicated now on Cozy TV, Me TV, it's in different countries and things. But Viacom CBS owns the rights to I Love Lucy, and now they own the rights 
to the the Lucy show. So they are in control of where that goes and how it gets streamed. We have been having very serious discussions with CBS about the fact that apparently none of the shows that are running on CBS All Access or CBS Paramount Plus, um, they're not all there. They say, I Love Lucy is here, but they're missing like 80 shows, which I'm not sure why. And I'm not in charge of that. So um, all we can do is talk to our friends over there and try to figure out why and fix it. I wanted to know one, at least Lucy Arnaz, David Freeman. Lucy, thank you so much for being with us. I just, when you listen to these, first of all, did you have a chance to listen to all of them or are you just still listening for the first time? No, I couldn't listen to all of them. They sent me the digitized hard drive here you know, listen to them, but I, I tried, but they were also in a hurry to get them on the air. So they actually went on the air before I could finish listening to all of them. And we had this wonderful team um, at this great, it's a great name for a, a recording studio team called 800 Pound Gorilla. And they did okay. all of the editing. <laughs> That's what they're called. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, they did all the editing to kind of shorten up some of the spaces. And there was a lot of, hey, look me over music at the beginning and the end. So they they made sure that the pieces that we sent out were exactly what we wanted. We didn't have to edit any of the content, though, which was great. And um, yeah. so they would just take all the time getting them ready for broadcast, and, um, and then I would hear them as they came out. Uh, what I did listen to were all of the interviews I did with the other people, the Ron Howards and the Bette Midlers and those things. Wait, I was more in right. control of that, and I did all the wraparounds. But, um, yeah, no. So this is thrilling for me, too. That's why literally I wake up and it's so much fun. I forget sometimes, you know, that it's even on. I open my phone and I hit Sirius XM and I, you know, pull up Channel 104 and say, who is she, ta- who is she talking to now? Oh, Lucille Ball talks about Desi Jr.'s dog. There you go. Yeah. Wow. She's talking about Junior. She's talking about our dog Junior today for 10 minutes. And that's probably because a guest didn't show up one day or she had some extra time and so she just started chatting about mm-hmm. it and they made a whole separate episode about it you know that kind of thing because she had the freedom to do whatever she wanted plus were these were these on cbs radio like where were she, these it was aired? on cbs radio yeah yeah right after Amazing. arthur godfrey i think oh. like in the morning every day of the week for a year was she close friends with debbie reynolds were they friends i won't say close friends like come over to the house all the time and be there for dinner but yeah they were very good friends good friends probably they they lived close to one another in beverly hills and they saw each other at the stallions ball and all the things that you do together in hollywood they I, they were never in a film together though i don't think they don't think yeah. they ever worked together and, and mom didn't hang out with too many showbiz people strangely enough when she was home she had her friends but mostly they were I want to say some of the character actors in show business, like Mary Wicks, you know, or really, really, uh huh, yeah. She didn't, she didn't, she didn't hang out really. She got she, when she was home. Thank God, she was home. She just stayed home. If she had to go somewhere to work, or she had to go to an opening or something for publicity, then you know she would get dressed up and put the whole drag on and go. But she didn't enjoy that. She wasn't a diva. She didn't. She wasn't really a star as you would think of in those days. She was a, an actress. She was a working actress, and she loved her work. She loved being at the studio. She loved doing those shows. She, she asks Jean Kelly. Uh, she asks Jean Kelly, uh, "What what makes a perfect wife?" Mm-hmm. And he <laughs> says, "There's really no answer to that." And then he mm-hmm. talks about the old canard about a woman being a lady 
in the dining room and something else in the bedroom. Uh-huh. And they go into this whole thing about it. And he's very modern. In other words, he in other words, he he says uh-huh. that's a cliche. I don't mm-hmm. believe in that cliche. That's not the way real people are. Yeah. Um, and then and then she asks him, are, are you a good father? Which, by the way, she asked to a number of different she men. She asks a lot of people that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. gets offended a little bit. He said, what kind of question is that? What do you mean? <laughs> am I a good father? Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. It's good because the, they knew each other, right? I mean, even if they didn't truly know each other well, they're they're in the club, right? They're all show yes. people. They've been at MGM. Yes. They've been at RKO. They've been they've been in that big photograph that we've all seen of all yes. the big stars of the, you know, they've known each other through the years. They came up at the beginning of entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. The beginning of talkies, the beginning of television. Um, I remember she asked somebody, will your show you some of the new show that was coming on? And she said, will it be in color? And I, I thought, wow, you can't ask that question ever again, right? It was, that was actually an option, color or black and white. I mean, yeah. crazy stuff. And, and she just, um, they knew each other, so people would speak to her in the way you speak to friends. not in, Like I'm speaking to you, because David's on the line, too, you know, mm-hmm. like we're... I know well, they you were better. Stage colleagues. I mean, they were not, yeah, you know, yeah. and so they knew each other. Yeah. They sat backstage while they're waiting to go on and talked about their lives like regular exactly. people. Exactly. Yeah. And that was what so, yeah. was so cool that that they trusted her enough to sit with Lucy and be comfortable enough to. They know that they were doing a radio show and other people were going to hear it, but for some reason it was. How would you describe my mother's tone with this show? You know, people are very surprised. They tell me all the time, oh, I, I, I didn't know that was your mother. My God. She's so I would say that she, She's so, She you is. Know, she's eloquent. businesslike. She's Art, businesslike. Articulate. And I said, but she that's is. what she was. She was. Yeah. Business seems like business. You know what I mean? Like doing business. And she didn't like that. And she wasn't really good well, at that. She, but well, but I, when I say businesslike, in other words, she wasn't... Um, she wasn't Lucy she, Ricardo. She was. She wasn't Lucy Ricardo. Ricardo. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's why that's I love right. putting it out there because for so many years I try to explain to people that my mother was not like Lucy Ricardo, and she really, At truly all. wasn't, and you can really see it here. She was, was not zany. <laughs> yeah, thank right. You. It was not zany. She did. I like to kid people and say she's not really like Lucy Ricardo. And you know, after a while, somebody comes down to breakfast with a loving cup stuck on their head. You get used to it. You get used to it. <laughs> Lucy, Lucy, was she a good mother? There, you're asking the same question. What is a good mother? Yes, yes, exactly. Because she's so, she was a she's mother. so. Am I a good yeah. mother? Ask my children. I'm sure that you are. You know, I have no doubt that you you're a good mother. You turned out great. So whatever she did, you know, that's uh, right. Whatever molded you into my the, mother that's was true. a very yeah. good mother. She gave birth to two children, and she loved them the best she knew how. Yeah. That's yeah. all you can do, and you're going to make That's mistakes along do. the way, and life is going to get in the way and throw you into positions that isn't always uh, helpful to being a parent, mother or father. You're not there enough, perhaps. You didn't have any of this information growing up, so you don't know what to do when you get into this situation or that. What makes a good mother is information and a little bit of knowledge ahead of time so that when you see the wave coming, you know what to do. Put your life jacket on, head for the beach, you know, go away. She didn't have a lot of that. I didn't get a lot of it. Most people don't. I don't know why we don't teach our children more about life 
raising kids, balancing a checkbook, getting a job, renting a car, all the things people are going to have to do in their life. Nobody teaches you any of that. You have to fail in order to learn. And parenting is no different to me. It's a constant learning process. Well, that's what's so fascinating about listening to her ask all these famous people about mm-hmm. their personal lives, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. hearing it in their own voices versus a transcript and edited something or other. It's so different. Yeah. It's such a different yeah. dimension. She knew, too, that people wanted to hear from these people from their hearts, not from their heads, per se. You know, mm-hmm. she, she knew that people would enjoy getting in a little deeper. She got tons of mail. My mother got thousands of letters all the time, and people would ask certain questions, and maybe it was influenced a little bit by that, like maybe I can just do a radio show and sort of talk about all these things, and people will then learn more about all of us, which was kind of a cool gift. What's groundbreaking, I think, is that that was an era where stars were stars, and they were protected. You were not supposed to know who they were. So Mm -hmm. she began to reveal who these people actually were. Mm -hmm. You're right, we don't have that much information about that generation. We don't know what Frank Sinatra was like, other than he was an icon, you know, so. Right. That's really really true, and and it's much more... Uh, today, I think we, we delve deeper for all the wrong reasons, too. Everybody knows everything, and everybody's texting about everything and tweeting yeah. about everything. And, you know, that people get involved in a deeper level. It's, it was not like that. You're absolutely yeah. right. It's much more yeah. mystique. There I remember my That's father right. saying he ran into Cary Grant in front of a hotel. He nearly dropped dead. You know, I mean, he was like, yeah. oh, my God. You know, these were not people. They were. That's like, right. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> So yeah, and, and that was a very and that was uh, that was on purpose. They were designed yeah, to yeah. be stars, different from the rest of human yeah. beings. They were supposed to be in a pantheon. That's yeah. right. Yeah, they're bigger than life because they're going to be on the big screen, and that's, that's why right. you didn't want to go to the small screen. You didn't want to go to television because it shrinks mm. you down. You can't be a big yeah. star on television. It's interesting, TV. and that's and so ironic because look at your mother; she was everything. gigantic. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Wow. What did they, well, is there another question there? I'm curious to what people are asking. Yeah, they're asking a bunch of things. Hold on. Wait a minute. I got more here. Hold on. Um, David, oh, you sang one, so one well woman. yesterday at Unity. I loved hearing you oh, sing. Oh, thank you. It was way. fun. We did the service from home, our little the uh, end heart. of it. I just caught the last part of it before I had to go out, and, and your ending to that song, your voice was so strong and so beautiful. Thank I you. I really was impressed. Thank you. Thank you. Really All right, a couple more. We've got Lucy Arnaz and David Friedman on. One person wants to know, you sort of answered this. Did uh-huh. you get to see and meet any of these famous people during the interviews? No, I was never there for even one of these interviews, not one really? single one of them. This is why I'm enjoying them as much as you guys are. Uh, yep, this was just something she did. I was in school. Again, I was 12 okay. years old, so okay. almost 13 or something, and I just have a vague memory that she had a radio show on top of everything else she was doing, running a studio, yeah, having the, the Lucy show, going to oh. work all day long. It's insane. You know, oh, oh, yeah, do a radio show too, Mom, because you get so much free time. Like, you know, but I knew they existed, but that's all I know. And one, one person wants, when you listened so far, what did you learn about your mother that you didn't know? Uh, what I think I'm learning by, by listening is kind of what I said, was that she, I think, was constantly trying to mirror, set up a mirror to other people's, I don't know, marriages and certainly parenting, raising kids. How am I doing? 
Like, what do you do? And I don't think it was just curiosity of the other person because she always sort of said, well, with my, you know, with my house, with my kids, she was, she didn't have anybody to talk to. Let's, let's start with that. It wasn't a time when you went and you talked your troubles out with psychologists or anything like that. If it was, maybe she would have saved her marriage the first time around. But we, people didn't do that then. You know, if people found out you went to get some help or psychology help, you'd be persona non grata. Don't let Hedda Hopper find out, you know. And, and so she didn't have a lot of people to commiserate with about her problems or her, you know, trying to raise children and being a working mother. Or she was a new wife, right? She'd just been married to Gary Morton only a year or so. And I think that that's why she talked about all this stuff was to find out how am I doing. And um, and she, I don't, I can only imagine that some of the answers upset her or saddened her because she couldn't do what a lot of people were recommending that she do in order to be a better parent, in order to be a better, wow. you know. Yeah, she wasn't, she's, she wouldn't have been able to do it. She wouldn't have been able to carve out the time to do it. So it may have been a lesson and, and kind of thrilling and, and sad at all at the same time to see like, I mean, I can't crawl into her head. I really don't know. But some things that I hear her say, I go, oh, hmm, I wonder how that hit, you know, because you weren't able to, yeah. to accomplish that, you know. Yeah. So I'm learning uh, every I, day. Yeah. Yeah. There's one interesting, I heard one of the Christmas, it's like a Christmas vignette of you and Gary and, mm-hmm. and your brother and your mother and mm-hmm. she asks you what Christmas present you remembered that you loved the most. And Desi says a surfboard. And your mother says, well, he shouldn't have had that anyway. He was too young. He got 24 stitches. And um, I can't remember what you said was your famous. But she talked at length about a dollhouse that mm-hmm. her father had made for her. It was yeah. very touching. Yes, her was father was a wonderful woodturner. And he made uh, little chairs and a beautiful dollhouse, a doll bed that she still had when she passed away in the garage. And I gave, oh I took, my. and then I gave it to my daughter when she was, you know, big enough. Wow. And little chairs uh, that I still have here, a little rocking chair and a little regular armchair. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Nice. All right. One more question. And this one's about you, Lucy. Will oh, you no, be doing I don't know some? How to do that. Yes, no, no. This one's you'll love. This one. Will you be doing some live performing sometime when it's safe? I hope so. Says one of your fans. From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> I hope so. That's... I, um, you know, obviously everything got canceled, and we are the ones to come back the slowest, the live performers. But if things uh, pick up a little, because they've gotten a little scarier again. I am booked to come to New York to 54 Below, January really? 19th. Yes, ne- January 19th oh. through the 22nd, four All right, nights. Lisa, oh. we're going, right? Yeah. Oh, hey. my God, this is so exciting. <laughs> we went to see, yeah, well, it's David the, and I, I went I was, to see, um, yeah, we, we went to see somebody at 54 Below who was now, like, excommunicated from show business, Laura Osnes. She's yeah. fired from uh, everything because yeah. she won't get a vaccine. She yeah. won't get a vaccine. Well, yeah. I know people who don't. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. It is what happens. But I'm supposed to be there then. It's the it's the redo. I was asked to come back after the last time I was there. I got the most wonderful review. Stephen Mosier gave me the most beautiful review I've ever had in my life. And we sold out for the two, was it two nights or three nights that I was there. And they before I even closed, they asked me to please come back. Popular demand. Do the same show. Just come back. You're we could do four more nights. So You're I booked it. And then it, 
got canceled because they were throwing a party that night. They wanted to take over the whole club for two nights, and can you move your dates? So I did. And then I moved them, and then COVID happened, and then we rebooked it again for April, and I had to move them again. So I said, let's just do January because it's far enough in advance. It'll probably all be fine then. So cross your fingers. That'll be me. Well, we're and in Florida, so we come back the 20th. So, Lisa, let's plan to uh, Done. go together. Done. Good. Absolutely oh, nice. Done. Well, yeah. you've seen the show, David, but, you know, you haven't seen it in like watch, an eon now, right? I could watch it 50 times. What are you talking about? Yeah, me too. Me too, Lucy. You're unbelievable. You're, and Thank you do you, have Lisa. the most beautiful legs. And, oh, my God, but you're singing. I mean, look, I loved you in, um, oh, my God, they're playing our song. I still remember that performance. And I, yep. I bought the, you know, the then CD or 8-track or whatever the hell it was on the way out. And it became my favorite thing in the car for years and years. So. Thank you. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of yours. Thank you very much. Well, that'll be the beginning of it. I go to, believe it or not, to Kenya after that. I'm going on a big safari thing for craft tours and uh, do a show over Nairobi and then have a whole week or 10 days on this safari thing with this group of people. And it's not just a, you know, oh, you get a free safari if you sing a song. It's an actual paid gig. And that's thrilling to me. So I can't wait. Well, Lisa, should we go see that one? That would be fun. Yes, let's pay our way and let's go. Listen, guys, I have loved this so much. If Florida minds its its P's and Q's and doesn't screw up again or something and, you know, sickness doesn't happen, I'm coming down there next April, 10th, 11th, and 12th. I do the Crest Theater in Del Rey, finally, again, rebooked, and then the Aventura Performing Arts Center. So. Wonderful. And then we'll, well rebook Lucy everything Arnest. else, but it's a slow it's a slow go to get it all back on the boards because people are terrified that the that nobody will show up. You know? No, we're gonna come. We're gonna yes. come. Well, Lucy good, Arnaz and David Freeman. I don't know if they'll put the you. show on if they just sell the tickets to the two of you though. So maybe well, get a few no. more people. You've got a huge fan base. <laughs> people people want to come, come with you. Maybe the, yeah. yeah, we'll bring yeah. friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for coming up at noon. We've skipped two commercial breaks, but I'm cool with that. Here we oh. are on live radio. I love it. Are you kidding? David Friedman and Lucy Arnaz, Channel 104 on Sirius. I'm not supposed to advertise another radio station, but I'm doing it anyway. You're Channel dull. 104 on Sirius. Are you kidding me? It's amazing. Thank you both for coming on today. Thank really. you, Lisa. Thank you so great much. to talk to you, David. Yes, Lucy, same. Bye. We'll talk really soon. Okay. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. 